Wednesday, July 13th. Yo, Teddy predicted the future. Like I said, episode 11 in the title of that podcast, which is now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and the mothership, teddybroosevelt.substack.com. The title of the last podcast that I did on Monday was Texas Electric Grid in danger of crashing due to no, no wind. It is uh, 2.30, a little late lunchtime, Teddy, on a sweltering hot Wednesday afternoon. Just have to take a break and uh, talk to you folks what's going on because I told you it was going to happen. My phone started blowing up with alerts that ERCOT has issued a conservation warning again. Uh, why? Due to lack of wind, and it's going to be cloudy. Those are Those are two factors, so... Four bullet points on the warning where they're asking uh, for a conservation call from 2 to 9 o'clock Wednesday, July 13th. And I think it just got ramped up to, I think, the third level. Let's 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 check the local news here. Or, yep, to conserve conserve for the second time in three, uh, in three days. Um, so record high electric demand. Keep in mind, Texas, uh, along with Florida, were the two fastest growing states as far as just over a million people moving in the last couple of years. I mean, there's counties here in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex that are growing tremendously, you know, easily in the in the five digits to over 10,000 a year. So right now, record high electric demand, and there's a lot of server companies Bitcoin mining, anyone who follows Teddy, you know I've harped on that a gazillion times. Um, But second bullet point, low wind. Wind generation is currently generating less than what is historically generated in this time period. Fourth bullet, solar. Developing cloud cover in West Texas has reduced the amount of solar generation. So you scroll down and you see solar at the tightest hour, which they think is going to be 3 to 4 p.m. today. They have... Solar clocking in at 68% of its installed capacity, which would be um, right around 8,000 megawatts. So the forecasted demand they said is 78,000. It's 78,000 right now. I'm looking at the real-time conditions. And you'll see in this post, now it's 77,000. So it does not match up what they say with solar and wind. Because right now it appears, I'm looking at, the wind generation hourly average right now is 705 megawatts on the one dashboard that I just screen grabbed, time stamped, and everything. And it says solar is 9,000. You look at the other little um, snapshot. Let me just refresh it so it's super, super fresh. 77,300 megawatts is the system demand right now. It says wind is 4,000. On the, on the one dashboard and then the other dashboard, it says it's 700. Because if wind is 700 megawatts, and I'm wondering what that's measuring, but if the wind is that low, um, and it's saying solar is 8,000 here. So that's how off this thing is. It's saying there's 8,000 of, uh, of solar. The other one says there's, let me see here. I mean, that's huge to be off 705 megawatts. It says that's real time right now. Updated. Yep, I'm looking. It's the exact same. And then solar. Solar's close. 
whole point is we're getting a uh, conservation warning, folks, because solar and wind isn't pulling their weight. Dispatchable, which that's what they consider coal and nuke and stuff that's it's not intermittent that's the thing is wind and solar dispatchable you can turn that up and down you cannot depend you can depend on the sun going down but not necessarily on a cloudy day there was no rain in the forecast at various parts of the day uh yesterday and the day before um but solar is leaving 32 percent of its of its installed capacity on the table so that's only 68. Wind, it's saying 12. Based on the other data here, it's saying 0.8%. So it would be, no, it would be 2.5% of its installed capacity. The installed capacity is 35,000, uh, right around three. Right now, what it has, it's 700. So 700 divided by three, no, no, no. It would probably be under 2%, that, that calculation. And I'll do it for you uh, in the in the Substack post. Um but folks, we are literally putting our lives at risk. We're putting our lives in the hands of these greenies who, forget about the prices. Let's look at the system-wide prices because wind is totally crapping out. I'm looking right now, the price, the real-time hub, however it's, it's working, they haven't planned it out. It's $2,520 per megawatt. It's an insane amount. Um, these are the system-wide prices. I mean, I've never seen it that high. It's like snowpocalypse level. Um, we'll go to the supply and demand. They are just about touching. Wow. The demand is 77,456. And this is 77,997. So we are 500 megawatts away that is super dangerously close. Let's see if the grid operating reserves. It says 2,839. Who knows? Um, they could find this podcast in a pile of rubble like three years from now after the Mad Max thing clears out. Seriously, though, this looks uh, really bad. It looks really bad. It's going to be touch and go. It looks like all, all day long because all afternoon long. Because we're relying, um, I mean, I don't know how they can deny this is on the very front page. Surely everyone's looking at these dashboards right now. And oh, by the way, ERCOT, your app sucks. So ERCOT did release an app and it's just like, they just bailed. Um, they only put two of the dashboards. They have the supply and demand, which again is dangerously close on this app. Current demand, 77,300. Committed capacity, 78,000. So it's only off by fifteen hundred. Um, again, there's multiple people to to, to blame here. Um, Rick Perry. I mean, I'm just gonna give it to you straight. Rick Perry went big time into wind. Republican. For those who aren't familiar with Texas politics, uh, Republican. He was on Bush's. Um, he was in Bush's cabinet. I think he was Energy Secretary. I'm sure he didn't get any kickbacks from that. But yeah, the wind situation. Um, and it was all subsidies that exist at a federal, state, and local level. And, I mean, uh, it's, it's, oh, the one thing I have to say, folks, again, this is Teddy Bros, but my Twitter just got reinstated um, as I was coming on air. So I'm coming back, but I also have promised everyone a video. So the next time you see me on Twitter, 
will be when I have this video about the wind turbine and what happened with ERCOT, and I guarantee it's gonna be one of the best ones you've ever seen. Get your popcorn ready, there's gonna be a shortage. So I feel like it's a slow motion train wreck, folks, that Teddy has been predicting. Um, uh, National Review, July 11th, uh, what was that, Monday? German energy prices surged on Monday due to insufficient wind generation. I'm not joking. So what happens is when there's not enough wind and we've we've gone all in and think think about the lifespan of these things. I mean, the lifespan of these things, it's under 20 years in the hot Texas sun and that's why a lot of um them them a lot of the turbines failed. Not only was there hardly any wind, but a lot of them froze or the 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 uh the size of the the propellers or the turbines, whatever you want to call an upper, is it propeller? Um, the windmill thing that's that's going around and around. Those are huge. So they could easily freeze and snap in sub-zero temperatures for four straight days and, and, and crazy winds, which is what it was. So the stuff I've been talking about in Europe, I hate being right about some of this stuff, but the Nord, since I've been on here, they shut off the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. The euro is now lower than the dollar. I think it's trading at 95 cents a dollar, lowest in 20 years. So the Nord Stream pipeline transports 55 billion cubic meters of gas from Russia to Germany under the Baltic Sea. And they're saying that Canada had a turbine. Everyone called Russia liars over this turbine. Then Canada, all of a sudden they go, hey, you know what, we do have this turbine. So we'll send it, and then somebody said, hey, we don't even have the paperwork for it. I don't know what, what side did, but they don't even have the paperwork to send it back to make sure. So this thing's supposed to be shut down in 10 days. But if you go to zerohedge.com um, right now, they're calling July 22, July 22nd, um, nine days from now, Europe's doomsday because it's whether or not they're going to um, turn this thing back on, turn the gas back on, because they will not have a gas. Uh, now, here's a huge breaking news thing that's happening. It's happening quick, but in slow motion. That's how Russia likes to, to do it. Russia state energy giant Gazprom, this is on Zero Hedge, announced today that it, quote, cannot guarantee good functioning of Nord Stream pipeline to Germany, End quote, saying it still has yet unclear and unknown whether a critical turbine engine would be returned from repair in Canada. So that's the that's the whole thing. Gazprom is the state energy giant. Oh, and they also own a couple banks. They're the ones who are doing the um, they were doing the euro to ruble um, uh, exchange. Remember that was like an EU stipulation that again they just looked the other way in any country that had to get around that, especially Poland. Um, they're, they were insisting, no, we're not doing a full-on ban. Are you crazy? Are we committing economic suicide? And everyone else was like, uh, yep, that's what we're going to do. So two days after the Nord Stream stopped the gas on July 11th for, for maintenance, this is when Gazprom releases a statement. Let's, let me read it to you real quick. Gazprom does not possess any documents that would enable Siemens to get the gas turbine engine for the... Porto Yava CS out of Canada, where that engine is currently undergoing repairs. In these circumstances, it appears impossible to reach an objective conclusion on further developments regarding the safe operation of the 
Porto Viaia CS, a facility of critical importance to the Nord Stream gas pipeline. So you have a facility along the route of this lifeline of society, like literally the lifeline of society. Um, and, 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 and they don't have the paperwork enabled to receive it. Obviously, this thing is massive. You're not going to fly that you're not going to fly that gas turbine engine over. I'm imagining it has to go on a ship, too. I mean, am I crazy? Or is Canada too stupid to realize that? Or Putin, are they are they too stupid to realize you can't put it on a, a plane? Maybe you can put it on a plane. Maybe it's just a little part. But just looking at the inside of some of these wind turbines, folks, I can't even imagine, like, a gas turbine engine. I mean, you can't get that across that that quickly so I, I imagine it has to be plain it would have to be plain but knowing how dumb they are i wouldn't be surprised if they're sitting there drinking vodka and laughing and waiting to see how long it's going to take justin trudeau or someone on his surely atrocious administration um to determine oh yeah that turbine engine that thing weighs like 88 tons and uh it's impossible to I mean, maybe a mil. Imagine a military thing, but who freaking knows? I mean, well, if you, I mean, if you can carry nuclear bombs on there, I'm sure you could stealth jet it. But these guys are just so stupid. I would not put it past them for it to somehow have to be uh, on a boat, and they figure out it's going to be like three or four weeks, and it's all planned. And so they're just playing politics. They're playing their own game. Um, by saying, "Hey, if you're gonna put, you're putting these sanctions on us that are preventing us from getting the part over here that requires you to get gas." So imagine if we provoke them um, over this. Uh, if NATO does, because uh, this whole thing is Ukraine is losing this war, um, and you can just see how you know if, as if the news media's um, credibility needed to be further eroded after. The last five years, like just look at 2022 so far, you know, and hiding the Hunter Biden laptop and then co coming out. Oh, yeah, it exists now. They actually were pushing the ghost of Kiev and the politicians. They're all the same amorphous blob. So it's 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 just absolutely ridiculous that um, they would. It, that's the whole thing. It's the boy who cried wolf. So how can we believe anything that they say about the tide and turn of the war? And the crazy thing is, is you have to go to, um, you know who the best, besides the um, Wall Street Journal, that's the only um, newspaper worth, it's, it's it worth, worth subscribing, worth, worth paying money for. Um, the Daily Mail, actually, I think it does the best job of, of covering U.S. politics. Certainly you'll see stuff about Biden and Hunter Biden that you never see. Fox News, it's like they, they sort of, um, Jesse Waters with a pedo Peter and then, you know, Tucker, God bless him, I think he hacked into my Google Docs because my whole monologue was uh, was going to be about Sri Lanka, but I, I was just talking about Germany and how they went all in, and we've mentioned them before, but the Sri Lanka, I'm sure a lot of you have read up on it by now, but uh, the ESG, it's all about shoving this first world white liberal woman in an academic tower, um, and men, the tree huggers, like, we have to just treat these people as radical, insane people are putting our lives at risk and they're going to cause mass riots due to starvation and blackouts. 
I mean, the pain and suffering, if you thought, like, they estimate anywhere between 500 and 2,000 people might have died during Snowpocalypse um, in February 2021. But, uh, my goodness, folks. Uh, I mean, the number of people who would die due to air conditioning. And then my question is Tesla owners. How the hell would Tesla owners... Imagine if the grid goes down. I mean, if, you, if you're rich enough to get Teslas, I understand the biggest boom small business or medium business installation thing in a lot of places, uh, but especially in Texas, anytime you have a, a disaster like that is a home generator that can provide your house uh, and Tesla has a power wall. Um, check that out. You want to talk about, I mean, if you want to see some really next level 21st century engineering that makes you feel like you're in the future, go check out the Tesla Powerwall. It's like the thing they froze Han Solo in, um, standing upside down, like if, if Han Solo was frozen in, what is it, um, Empire Strikes Back at the end, when they freeze him in carbonite, it's like if he's standing up in that, that's what a Powerwall is like size is. That's the size of it. Um, but it's super sleek. It's like a sleek looking, like super tall, skinny server. And then the Starlink looks like a little, a little droid. It looks really futuristic, and they just opened the floodgates with that. So, um, Sri Lanka, they signed their own death wish when the government wanted to make uh, score brownie points with the world, um, the globalists, you know, the uh, and and the World Economic Forum. And they did that by signing a agreement that they wouldn't use um, chemical-based pesticides. Their farmers were banned from using it. So 90% of their farmers, so I guess it was only 10% were organic, 90% of them used these chemicals, the pesticides that were banned. So as a result, there was pests. Gee, you know, you get rid of the pesticide, all of a sudden they... The pest eroded it or people didn't plant because they knew it was going to be a disaster. Um, and I think there was also maybe a, a drought too. There was something, something else mixed. So you had scarcity and then the scarcity caused the price to go up. And then the, the price of gas. So they did a whole lot of solar and turbine stuff, but mostly solar. And like on a cloudy day like today the thing is the 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 most valuable word you can learn as far as your talking points and defeating these greenies because literally your life's on the line i mean if if just the more that we do this and i'm i've got a couple graphs um i think i just put it on the last Substack, actually teddy roosevelt episode 11 that shows the percent change in ERCOT generation and again for those who don't know ERCOT is the quasi-governmental, it's kind of hard to describe, like the bureaucratic layer that sort of links all the municipal and then um, like public, like open in the deregulated parts of Texas. But ERCOT is in charge of, you know, they're the top layer of 26 million of the 30 million Texans. Um, uh power customers so if there's 30 million people in texas well you know there's not well it's 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 no it's 26 million people so it's either um households or business locations um just customers in the system so some people could have more than a more than more than one account depending on what's going on 
It could be a landlord or, or who knows. They have to keep something else going. The amount of change, you can see why we're in this predicament today, where Arizona is 115 degrees. They don't have a, a, a warning. Everyone, make sure you don't do your wash today in the afternoon. Um, and the sun just went behind the clouds here in Austin, Texas. It is 3 p.m., Wednesday, July 13th, and we are dangerously close. I keep refreshing the thing here. Let's see where we're at. Price is sky high. The supply just took a huge dip for whatever reason. And I got to hand it to the Bitcoin folks. Texas Blockchain Council. My Google News was... And if you don't have Google News, and I sort of hate Google spying on me, but it does do a good job of like sort of... Um, gathering when it's spying on me. And I use DuckDuckGo for searches, but it knows from what I've looked at before, my favorite bands and stuff. So, all right, just serve me up. Are they playing a concert here or there or anywhere? It said, uh, man, the Texas Bitcoin miners, it, it got picked up in Bloomberg. And, dude, they have so much money, they probably sent the guy, hey, we'll send you uh, one Bitcoin surreptitiously on your what's your wallet let me send you that hey write this article buddy bam put it up there you're telling me there's not pay to play if you're a journalist making only uh forty-eight thousand bucks a year hell yeah you're taking that bitcoin so and they just got free pr it went bloomberg is, is already pretty good one of the top three or five financial sites out there um for sure financial news like in the mainstream and uh um, New York Post. And then they can cling to that and point to that. Hey, remember when the chips were down? We all shut down. And it was probably worth it for them for the PR. The whole thing is one of them said, hey, yeah, we're relinquishing like a gigawatt of power back off the grid. And that represented over 1% or close to it, point point eight or 9%. About what fan or the, uh, the fans... You know, the giant turbines, which we need electrical plans, fans plugged in and facing them so they can blow around and make electricity. But that's what's crazy right now is is that's only the major one. They're like all the industrial scale bit miners. Well, how about just the, you know, not even little mom and pop. There's one. You don't have to be registered to do a Bitcoin thing. There's a lot of people doing it out of the their warehouse, uh, the corner of their warehouse or barn and just have the setup there. They just paying a techie person um there's a lot of that going on and i have a couple friends who are doing it just with they they bought a rig you know and so yeah they're shutting off for the for the for the pr there's nothing set in stone that says they ever have to do it i'm looking right now the supply is seriously dropping off a cliff now it says the quick start capacity is 73 to 75 i know if you're not in texas you're loving the play-by-play -play, but um it, it, it is dangerously close, and we have to sit here and worry if it's going to go down because of the shift. So I don't even know if I said this, the full-on uh, um, what was on that chart. The ERCOT chart from 2006 to 2020, coal was minus 21% or 19%, and wind was plus 21%. So the percent change in ERCOT generation, 2006 to 2020, wind plus 21%, coal minus 19%. And this is percentage change in, in watt hours generated. 
Solar plus two, nuke minus three. Natural gas stayed the same. Stayed the same. Stayed the same. You're listening to Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, this is the Teddy Roosevelt Show, episode 12. We're already at a dozen episodes, cranking them out. Because um, the news is coming fast and furious, folks, and I'm going to have to end this podcast in like three to four weeks and just get a third job and just go into super prep mode and make sure I'm ready to to ride out the winter. Or it's it's looking bleak, folks. I mean, it's looking bleak. Do you see the inflation numbers? My goodness, 9.1%. And then if you look on, um, what's it called? The BCB, or it's the CPC, CPC. It's a giant spreadsheet with everything broken down by category. And you just see, um, you know, there's some things that keep it down. Like men's um, clothing was only up 2.7% or women's clothing was only up 1.9%. TVs were minus. So great time to buy a TV. TVs were minus like, you know, everyone who got a stimmy check or everyone who got free money or got a raise from be, for being on unemployment, they definitely, and you're stuck at home, and even if they didn't, everyone upgraded their TV within the first 30 days of that bad boy, probably. And then people who were like in it, you know, they were just like, I'm going to ride this thing out for the rest of my life at in, indoors and subscribe to every channel. Um, you know, they went big time, 65, 75, 80, there's, there's 80s now, 84, I think, but 75 is getting pretty common. Uh, so that dropped, but eggs, 33%, chicken, chicken breast, ham, all that 15, 18, 20%. Anything to do with energy, of course, was 60, 70, 80%, a hundred camping fuel up, like kerosene, I didn't know, like propane. Yep, you know those blue rhinos? Yeah, it went from like 24 to 49 real quick in a in a year. Um, and then you just look at month to month. Like chicken went up, you know, 1.7% from May to June. Or eggs went up 2.6%. Like some of this stuff is going up where that was our annual inflation. Some, you know, some years, the last couple of years was... 2.1, 2.7 the whole year. Now it's going up for some stuff like 1.5, 2, 2.5 in 30 days. And it's already gone up 33% year to year. So anything transportation-wise, the price of airline tickets, have you seen seen it lately? Anyone anyone with an airline ticket? It's, it's out of control. Let's see if ERCOT's trending on Twitter. This is episode 12, Teddy Roosevelt Show. You can listen to this on Substack. That's the quickest place to get it. TeddyRoosevelt.substack.com. I encourage you to sign up for the email newsletter. I'm going to be writing a couple posts here. They have a video beta. So I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to wait until I post this video before I mention anything else about videos, but I did sign up for the beta. Um, Supposedly, Biden just said the poll showed 92% of Democrats, if I ran, would vote for me. So I think he got exactly the opposite. Um, 92% of Democrats under 30 said they won it, and certainly Republicans are 92. He is just upside down. He should be impeached for sending that much, I think it was 5 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve over to China when we're dying for, for fuel. 
and gas. Like, are you out of your mind? Your own house is on fire and you're driving the fire engine over to your neighbor's place just to cool down his roof. I mean, it, it is out of control. I mean, it's the exact opposite of, of, of taking care of your own house. I mean, you can't help other people. That's the whole thing is there's the do unto others before, um, you know, as you would do unto you. You know, the golden rule, that the gold one. So that's true. But you have to take care of yourself too, like exercising and eating right or like taking time to like go walk or exercise is just allowing you to uh taking a little time for yourself or getting a massage allows you to be more present in the moment and have more exercise throughout the day so whatever you need to do and inflation is out of freaking control and i'm just looking at the price of electricity on here wind finally went up so it's 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 here i mean stamped on the ERCOT uh website with a 696 i'm gonna just Take a photo of it while we're on the podcast for posterity's sake, folks. And I need to do a better job of editing. So I'm not going to stop like this. Oh, yeah. I got to get it down. Hold on. Let's see here. I'm telling you. They are putting... We have to treat like... Think about who's making the, 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 the policy right now. Greta Thornburg... Greta Thornburg, um, didn't they say she's autistic? Not that there's anything wrong with that. Elon Musk has autism too, I think. But like, she has been brainwashed from an early age. She's angry because she thinks we're just twiddling our thumbs and the planet's going to melt sooner than what AOC thinks. But you know what's a hell of a lot scarier? Not having food or, or heat or having to choose between heating and eating. I mean... It is getting that serious, man. And you just see Sri Lanka. So they forced all the farmers. Price of everything went through the roof because it's directly related to the Green New Deal agenda. I mean, the fact that and they even considered inviting these Bitcoin miners when we're struggling to provide power. Oh, by the way, they rolled out the red carpet to everybody. Not only like Oracle, Tesla, all that. They're getting their own electricity somewhere. And I know Elon's got a bunch of solar panels on the Gigafactory, the biggest factory in the world, but they need their electricity from somewhere. So however they work that out on a corporate level, I don't know if it's ERCOT or they suck off something, but they're doing something um, to power their stuff. Same with Samsung. And they need a huge amount of time. We learned that during Snowpocalypse. Like the Samsung factory, like you've got chemicals, that you need to do certain things before you hit the kill switch on that bad boy. So, uh, you know, Michael Schellenberger just wrote a great piece on commonsense.news, which is the Barry Weiss, uh, that's the URL for her Common Sense fan- phenomenal blog on, on Substack, the number one source for, I'm not just saying that to toot my horn, but literally the best writers and the best information. If you're not on Substack, seriously, everything else is second tier. Um, regarding the journalism on there from Matt Taibbi, Glenn Greenwald, Michael Schellenberger. Taibbi's been killing it with the crypto, just exposing how it was a giant Ponzi scheme, red rug pulling scheme, and so many people got ripped off and hurt by that. Um, and Schell- like Barry Weiss and Schellenberger, he writes, the underlying reason for the fall of Sri Lanka is that its leaders fell under the spell of Western green elites 
peddling organic agriculture and the philosophy that, quote, we had to let some people die so the rest of us could live, unquote. Creepy shit. Like, the Georgia got, I, I mean... I'm not saying it's related, but isn't it weird how someone blew up the Georgia Guidestones and it says the population of Earth should be 500 million, not 8 billion? I just saw we're going to hit 8 billion, but not five. But but they said it should be dropped by 7.5 billion. So we're we're uh, we're we're over by about 7 billion and some change. So how are we going to get rid of people? I mean, I think I've mentioned something, one thing or another about COVID. Isn't it curious? I told you folks, sometimes with the with the news, well, I just started the podcast, so um, I can't be too ahead of it, but the BA.4 and the BA.5 variant, like I said, it's, it's not only um, the vaccine's not preventing you from getting it, it's not preventing you from getting your ass walloped and handed to them. And I don't know about you guys, I've never been sick during the summer. I mean, I think in Arizona, the only time I got sick was when I was going in and out of the air conditioning. And you're indoors a lot, and you're going to the movies. You're you're going out because you're you're just trying to stay sane, um, and not spend the whole summer inside. So everyone goes out at night. It's crazy. Goes shopping at night. It's it's like a ghost town during day. And anyone has money is on vacation, or they're a snowbird. There's a ton of snowbirds. Like it's interesting how Phoenix the traffic goes down significantly. Like and there's a lot of colleges there. Arizona State and some some of the crappiest ones in America, Grand Canyon and academically Grand Canyon and University of Phoenix, um, mostly online, but they do have campuses there. And then Arizona State um, has like now three or four campuses. And then the snowbirds, they dip out of there by the end of spring training, usually or a week or two after. Maybe they'll stick around and hang out uh, by their pool. And enjoy the pool, but the first time they see 106, 107, anything over 105, they're back to Canada. And who who could blame them if you have the money? So, folks, it is it is, and that's the thing is Arizona was 115, three degrees hotter than, you know, I think it was Austin was 110, Vegas and Phoenix were 113, and they have a heat warning: don't go outside. Warning. But they're watering golf courses. I mean, well, the watering, the whole watering thing, that's, that's going to bite them in the ass real soon. Like Bellagio shooting all that water up into the sky during the water fountain thing. How much evaporation do you think takes place during the, during the water shows, just the pools, all the tourism? Oh, man, you want to talk about discounted housing? If, you know, if someone comes up with a definitive... Well, it's not going to take long. If it, if they hit the Deadpool and there's no water, there's just going to be entire towns that are... There's going to be the world's first ghost towns, the coast metropolis, the world's first ghost cities. And and people will come up on it like years later. You might be seeing people going to Vegas um, just to get all the scrap metal or people will just be trying to... I'm serious, like, how long could you last if the Deadpool hits and they announce it's going to be within 30, 60, 90 days unless there's some rain or you're not going to be able to ship some water? I mean, they're already talking. Think about what they just did with the Big Ten with UCLA and, and, and USC. Vegas is talking, from what I understand, they're, they're trying to talk to the Great Lakes. Like, they've already talked to Colorado, like, hey, can we 
maybe hit something up uh, that melts the snow, they're like, hell no, you're not allowed to do that. So, and 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 now Colorado, believe it or not, there's a water drought because the well, it's called the mother of rivers, Colorado. But yeah, I mean, it's amazing how many rivers you got the Arkansas River and uh, and the Colorado. I mean, the Arkansas goes to the Gulf. I mean. That's one of the most prominent. I think it's a tributary of the Mississippi too. I think it runs it runs into the Mississippi, um, somewhere in Mississippi, believe it or not. So they they still don't have a warning. Hey, don't um, it, it, especially in Vegas. Can you imagine Vegas? Hey, don't run your um anything that plugs in or watch your electricity. I mean, everything in in Vegas is powered by an air conditioning. I mean, Vegas wouldn't exist and Phoenix wouldn't exist without air conditioning. All that air conditioning is powered by energy. And you also have the Hoover Dam right there. So they dammed up. And never forget, Lake Mead, that is not an example of climate change. That is an example of overpopulation in an inhospitable, uh, very um, in, uh, how am I, I'm inhospitable. Thank God, I think I got that correct. Brad Swale, if you're listening, I know you're going to call me out on that. Um, inhospitable conditions. So... There's not a lot of life in the desert. If you've ever driven through the desert, there's not a lot of things alive. Some cacti, some stuff living under the ground or living inside the cacti that have like shells or, you know, the whole desert comes alive at night with it with the animals. But during the day, coyotes, dude, it's 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 desolate. The only things that are keeping it livable are air conditioning and water piped in from hundreds of miles away and if that fragile ecosystem it's only been since 1940 i mean there's 40,000 people in all of phoenix and it was a lot cooler like literally 12 or 15 degrees cooler in phoenix because there weren't as many people there were no cars out there hardly um, there wasn't all of the pavement. I mean, it makes a huge difference. I think I mentioned driving outside of Phoenix and Tucson. Even here in Austin, when you drive outside, I just saw a study, six to eight. So hilarious. Um, the local news here, they're like, some people are talking about electric chargers um, use uh, use t- too much energy. Is that true? So we did a, they didn't call it a fact check, but they said, and this is, I mentioned them, KXAN.com. It's one of the top 10 stories on the website right now. And of course, they got the head of like the electric vehicle, oh, the, the, the executive director. It's always somebody who's super biased. Hey, we act asked an expert, Texas Electric Transportation Resources Alliance. First of all, he goes, well, most people charge their vehicles at night, like how they charge their phones when they're asleep. I'll give them that. You know, you come home, you're probably, you know, if you're working normal nine to five hours, that's probably true. So he goes, they go, hey, some people don't think that, um, he's like, so the conservation window, so they're saying, hey, don't run it from two to eight o'clock today. He's saying, well, most people, you know, they'll plug it in after nine and it's a set it for and forget it mentality. So they're asking, hey, how much electricity does charging it? He's like, there's a common misnomer that um, electric vehicles require a high charging outlet. He's like, it can be using the same outlet that you use to plug a hairdryer or a household appliance, he said. And then that, and what was his exact quote? I mean, he goes, if you can plug in a hairdryer, you can use that same outlet to charge your car. So that specifically is one kilowatts draw. 
But notice they don't say any in miles. I went and looked on the Tesla site. They're saying like three miles. You can expect that the max plugged in per hour if you're plugged in to that to the um, a hair dryer thing. So you have to pay. That's the whole thing. Is not only are the cars fifty, sixty thousand for a minimum one, you've got to pay to get a level two wall charger. The average American drives thirty-seven miles a day. I just learned that today. Thirty-seven miles a day. So you have to keep that bad boy, and you don't want to go under ten or twenty percent. And the battery charges way faster, also when it's this hot, and you got to run the AC. So all kinds of things impact the battery. If you're charging your phone on the way to work as you're driving around or you're running a Maps app or Waze or Google Maps and you don't want to drain the battery, um, that's, that's going to take some of the life off of it. But certainly cranking the AC for sure takes a lot out of it. So they're saying on KXAN, a typical 120-volt outlet they go, this is the slowest and it takes several hours to fully charge. This is this is hilarious. So that they didn't they never mention a mile thing because it's so shockingly low. Like literally, if you're gonna charge it, let's say you didn't want to charge it during the ERCOT, two to eight. So you charge it, let's just say nine, and you have to wake up for work at uh let's say you plug it in at nine at night, and you wake up for work at six thirty in the morning and you leave by seven. That's 10 hours of charging. That's 30 miles total. Um, and the average American drives 37. I've had commutes before where I had to drive 30 miles almost, or certainly was in the car. I was stuck in traffic for 30 miles. So you have to get that double charged. So there's no possible way if you're anywhere under 50% and you've got to crank the AC, unless you want to get stuck on the road. They said it's not good to run it and use your use it down to the last freaking cell. So you're going to have to charge that bad boy every night. It's impossible. There's no way by 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 Friday if you were charging it every night with a regular 120 volt hair dryer plug and you had to go 30 miles each way. They're saying the average American goes 37 miles. So let's just use that. 75 miles. Now, figure you're running the AC all the time in this type of weather. So what we maybe we can bump that up to like the equivalent of another 15 miles maybe. So that would be 90 miles. So let's say the engine or whatever the tank is holds 400 miles. So if you can only replenish it 70 miles a night, dude, it's just you're going to have to every weekend charge it all freaking weekend. How much is that going to cost? You know what? I'm seeing the price fluctuate dramatically on here. I mean, how much is that going to cost? And is that convenient? You're not going to be able to ever go take that thing for more than 40 miles be, um, on the weekend because you're not, or, you know, you're going to be trapped. Certainly there's no state parks or anything in your, in your future because you're going to have to charge that bad boy all weekend at three miles an hour so it's 75 miles so the most of you charge it up let's see friday let's just say friday to saturday saturday to sunday sunday to morning let's say friday at 7 p.m to monday at 7 a.m 72 hours three the most you could charge it all weekend through a hairdryer is 210 miles through a hairdryer outlet 120 volt 
the most you could charge it through them. So for these idiots to say on KXAN, and they did a whole story about it, and they didn't say, oh, this is Kelsey Thompson, by the way, from, from yesterday. They didn't say, oh, electric vehicles totally shit the bed. Or there's no way you can feasibly fill it up and then go to work and then play catch up. Because at three miles, at, at with 10 hours of charging or even 12, and the average American goes 37 miles, if you were charging it for 12 hours a day, it's 36 miles. So it's, it's insane. If you do anything on the weekend, you're playing with fire. So you have to pay 2,000 to 3,000 bucks or wait in line at the supercharger and they said that's what a lot of people do. Oh, they'll go to the supercharger thing. It used to be you have free supercharge. If you bought a Tesla, you could use the superchargers for free for life. No longer. Now you have to pay. That's the other thing is people think, oh, yeah, it's just going to be like a rest stop and I can just pull in and charge your car. No, you're paying for that bad boy. So that's the other thing. Like, imagine if you had any issues with your credit card or they cleared some check that you wrote like two two months in the in the past. And you're like, where the hell did this come from? And uh, you're stuck. And what if there's no cell service? So that's the thing. Is the media, they're running cover and interference. The number one story right now in Texas, and you can see across the board, Texas Monthly is saying right now, and I'm going to call this guy out. Uh, again, this is Teddy Roosevelt. You can find uh, the podcast, first of all, teddyroosevelt.substack.com, streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And tune in. We're going to wrap it up here, folks, in about 10 minutes. Um, Texas Monthly, which is like the New Yorker of Texas, super liberal. And they actually have some decent writing. Um, it's probably the best writing in Texas. But too bad the topics and the people who write about it. So Dan Solomon, and I can just tell by who it is, and I can look and I can tell exactly what topics he's writing about um, after Uvalde and everything like that. So he's saying solar power is saving Texas's ass this summer. What's this proof? Hell, we got twice as much solar this summer as last summer. That's what he asked, you know, who, like the head of the Texas, like clean energy alliance. Yeah. Cause it was cloudy and rainy last summer dipshit. And it only hit over a hundred degrees one time at Camp Mabry here in Austin. So the reason why you got double from last summer is because it freaking was cloudy last summer and you installed more solar panels. So it had nowhere to go but up, you idiot. It was like one of the rainiest Junes ever, April and May. It was two of the rainiest uh, uh, things. And the fact that this asshole leaves that up. I mean, people's lives are going to be at stake because there's like, oh, and then people who are just useful idiot NPCs are like, well, we need more solar. No, you don't because... On a day like today, if it was cloudy or rainy like it was last summer and there was no wind, and you can't have rain without wind, you can have uh, no wind and no rain at the same time. Maybe it ushers in with no wind, but here's you could have where the solar panels are, it's cloudy, and where the turbines are, it's just, who knows? All I'm saying is, or the wind goes out down when the sun goes down. There's a number of different things that can happen, folks, but... To, to 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 have the audacity to say solar power is bailing out Texas is just such a lie. It's just such a lie. And um, this is a life or death situation, folks. I mean, you're talking about 
26 million people in Texas plunged into a survival situation. I mean, all think about all the food in your fridge, done. I mean, there's going to be some people who won't be able to pay their bills. So the socialist Marxist government wants to nationalize and privatize the electric anyway, so you would, it wouldn't matter, um, probably, or it's just all on the house, and then we're going to pay for it through the nose in some other way, shape, or form. But uh, my goodness, folks, you, you just see Sri Lanka, it's going to get to the point where you don't have no food, you have no food, and you have no energy. Um, and, and like Germany, they just, the price of all their gas just went through the roof due to insufficient wind generation and Putin turned the gas pipeline off for maintenance. And now they're saying, we don't even know. Well, you signed your own death wish EU because you did a repower EU action plan, a plan to make Europe independent from Russian fossil fuels before 2030. Well, gee, motherfucker, maybe you shouldn't declare war or you know have nato say we're helping ukraine and we're going to give them all kinds of aid military equipment and money led by the united states and guess what we're all this one coalition now with ukraine so we're just giving them all that they need to kill you on the battlefield and oh by the way we're going to shut down all our coal plants we're going to not even build any nuclear plants and we're just going to count on wind so it says in this article, National Review, you know, Germany wants to transition 80% um, to, to um, intermittent source of, or sources of energy that they count on. They go, wind droughts have plagued Europe in the summer and fall of 2021, which exacerbated the continent's energy crisis. Uh, uh. So the fact that there's wind droughts, that impacts the prices and it fluctuates and Germany and England depend significantly on wind to satisfy increasing energy consumption. So the supply is not going to be enough to meet demand on a day that's way coming way too soon that I'm afraid of here in Austin, where the amount of pain and suffering is going to be tremendous. It's going to be tremendous. And the idiot uh, in charge are just putting our lives at risk, really. That's the way that we have to look at this. This is a matter of life and death. Teddy Roosevelt signing off. Episode 12. <laughs>